This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Today's show, we are going to travel up and down the coast in a sailboat that has been on the water for 30 years. The uh, uh, One of the people that have been on that boat for 30 years is an author. Her name is Jennifer Silva Redmond, and we are going to talk to her in just a moment. But first, I get to talk to my friend Eric. Eric, how are you? Hey, good afternoon, and happy Friday, Kevin. Happy Friday. It seems like it took forever to get here, didn't it? Hmm, I don't know. It went by pretty quick for me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really busy. That's you true. Do, you you do a lot of stuff for uh, for KKNW and for Kixie and and for all, all that you do. So, uh, but the question I have for you is: Have you ever um, been on a sailboat and like lived there for a period of time? I have been on a sailboat and I lived there for the time that I was on that boat because <laughs> technically you're living anywhere that you are. Uh, but it was more like two hours and not like a, a lifetime commitment in my case. So, uh, well, yeah, you'll, you're going to have to talk to your guests if you want insight on that. <laughs> yes, indeed. But first, uh, she is on a sailboat. How's the weather going to be for her this weekend? looks like a nice weekend and it looks like uh, some sunshine and uh you know uh, dry weather which is a nice change of pace from this wet week that we've had so yeah looks pretty decent for the weekend well good if we have to have lousy weather i'm glad it's during the week and then on the weekend it kind of clears up and is much better so well i i think all the plants would call it fantastic weather uh because they're <laughs> finally getting that water that they've been craving all summer Yes, I know. My lawn is now brown, and now it'll turn green. That means I have to mow it again. You'll have a lush, verdant, autumnal uh, plateau that (laughs) you can call your own. You know, you should be an author with words (laughs) like that. You're a wordsmith. I don't know about that, but... (laughs) (laughs) But are the um, gal that we have on, she is a editor... She is, and now she's a first-time author. The book came out this week. It's a memoir of her and her uh, husband who have lived on a particular boat for the last 30 years. And uh, they have enjoyed, I guess they've enjoyed their whole time there because she was thought so much about it. She wrote a book about it. It's called Honeymoon at Sea. And with that, let's welcome Jennifer to the show. Jennifer, how are you? I'm doing great. It's really good to be here. And you are in, not only are you not at sea right now, but you are (laughs) in a hoity-toity place. I'm in the wonderfully welcoming Port Townsend Yacht Club, and I'm in the clubhouse right now, so I'm surrounded by the burgees of all the clubs, and it's really great. We normally, as you know, broadcast from my boat, uh, but the Wi-Fi was just a little iffy today, and I didn't want to miss out on this, so I got to come into town and run some errands, and here I am. You know, most people have got like a, a green screen. Uh, they, they have a real nice background. You you have got a real nice background because it's a real nice background. 
It's a real nice background. And normally it's a really nice background too, but uh, it's just a different one. Um, I'm used to looking out my portholes and seeing the ocean and, and beautiful Washington State and Puget Sound. But today I get to see that too if I looked out these windows. It's a, it's a nice marina. Well, it's really cool that you are local, uh, but then you go up and down or you have gone up and down the West right. Coast. Yes. And, but you, you spend a lot of time. You were in Polsbo. Uh, not too yes. long ago, and and you've been in Bainbridge and all, all the cool places. Indeed, we uh, we came up from San Diego in 2020, and we spent some time in the Bay Area of California, and then we came up here, and uh, we go back and forth, but most of the time we're we're on the boat, and the boat is now here in Port Townsend. So uh, lucky us. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's some people would say, well, lucky you, 30 years on a boat. Are you kidding? Um, how, how big of a sailboat is it? Well, this boat is 35 feet and it is Watchfire number two. Watchfire number one is the one that we wrote the book about, and that was only a 26 foot sailboat. So we've gone up in the world uh, by 10 whole feet. And most people would still consider 35 feet to be a small sailboat, but to us, it still feels big um, because we did do that whole year in Baja in Mexico on the 26 foot sailboat, which I look at them now and I go, wow, that really was very small. <laughs> now, when you're talking about, I don't know anything about sailboats. So when you're talking about footage and right. it goes from 26 feet, is it also wider at 35 feet? Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's sort of, um, um, you know, ex it expands out and up and, and, and sideways and everything. So it isn't just longer, it's bigger all around. Um, and so most people that sail, you know, say in a little skiff that people go out sailing in, I mean, uh, I should say fishing or something like that in, is about the size of our little sailboat. You said you'd been on a, on a little fishing boat before. So that, that would be, you know, 25 feet is about a typical day, you know, go out on a little day sail, that sort of thing. Or if you rent a boat to go sailing 25 feet is pretty typical 35 is a little bigger and it gives us room to you know actually live we have two separate cabins so when we're working on different projects you know we don't trip over each other completely <laughs> and, and, and you have been married for how long it will be 35 years in may so and, we go ahead yes you were gonna say how long have that has been on a boat <laughs> <laughs> You've been interviewed before, haven't you? <laughs> no, I'm just anticipating what you were. Since I interrupted you, it was it has been um, 33 of those years have been. Um, we've been about two years in in various places on land because, um, well, a spoiler alert that the first boat uh, did not survive. It survived our trip, but it didn't survive coming back to land. There was a wildfire of all things. So I think we're one of the only sailboats to have been lost in a wildfire. And that was in California, um, about 20 years ago. So you lost your sailboat in a wildfire. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to do, but it turns out we, we, <laughs> <laughs> we had some friends who had a wonderful um, spread out in in eastern uh, part of San Diego County, and which, of course, is fire country. And um, so we were living on the boat on the land, um, like you do. And <laughs> and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a fire came along and uh, we got out with ourselves and our items and our and our car, but not our home. So that was a little bit of a shock, but it, it all worked out OK, because here we are on the other boat. So. We've, we've, 
Go ahead. We we we've survived it quite well. It it all came out okay. Well, I was just curious um, when you are, for lack of a better term, parked at a pier or whatever. Is it is it you you are parked or you are moored right next to there? I got the word uh, moored yeah. right next to the pier, and then you just get off the boat onto the pier, and then away you go. Sure, it, it, much of the time that you know. When we were down in Baja, um, most of the time that in the in the book, we are anchored. So we're just literally hanging on an anchor that's stuck in the bottom of the of the sand, and we're floating above it on the water. So that's what what most of that those years were. And then you can be also tied up in a marina, which is you know have a slip on either side that you can step off on. But there's also uh, here in um, Washington, they have wonderful state parks that have little docks that you can come up to and tie up to. They also have mooring balls that people are used to seeing in the water there out in bays and different places. And you can also hook up to one of those. So three or four different ways. But yes, many times you can just step off on the dock and go and do your shopping or whatever is required. So if you are um, moored at one of those uh um, what is it called? A mooring ball? Uh-huh. And so you're out in the water. Uh-huh. And do you have a little skip or a little little boat that you take? Do. Ah. We do. We have a dinghy. And it's it's called a Portland Pudgy, which is, I have to say that name because it's just so funny. Um, it's a Portland Pudgy. It's bright yellow. We call it Peep, you know, um, because it looks like a little chick. And um, we row that into shore or we motor into shore. We have a little... Um, electronic an electric outboard um so that's our that's our our green energy when we're not running our diesel engine for the big boat we or russell rose we have one manpower rowboat <laughs> that works out too um so when you take take me and the dog into shore and then he rows around and everybody gets their exercise that way now we uh, um there's somebody in our audience who is asking the question okay you've been married for 35 years at what point did he tell you that he was going to take you to sea for 33 years? <laughs> well, actually, our plan was um, he was living in San Diego, and which was my hometown, and I was living in New York City, and I was trying to become an actress. So I was waiting tables <laughs> and acting like a waitress. And uh, that worked As out. As they do. As we do. And uh, I came home and uh, we ran into each other and the time was right and it clicked and he proposed. And I thought that was nice. Um, but I said, well, I'm living in New York now, as you know. And he said, well, then I'll move to New York. And I went, oh, in that case, he's actually serious. <laughs> he's not just oh, yeah. saying, marry me. He's saying like, really marry me. Um, so we were going to take the boat and go to New York City on the boat. So um, knowing nothing about sailing, I thought, oh, that'll take us about six months. You know, we'll go, you know, because I looked at the Atlas and he said, oh yeah, we can travel about this fast, you know, in a day. And, and so I had it all plotted out through the Panama Canal, back up to Florida <laughs> and back up to New York. And, and uh, we got down to Baja in the time we expected, about a month. And we spent three months there and we said, oh, we're not leaving. This is, this is way too good. <laughs> this is, it's beautiful. It's really unspoiled, very uncrowded. This was 1989 and 90. Um, not much has changed down there. You know, we still have a lot of friends down there, but it, it's, it's a little bit more. There's, there's a few more people down there than, than we're exploring the sea when we were there. And so we just 
kept going. So that's a long answer to your short question. He, he said it pretty quickly. Let's go sailing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, he must be very proud that you were willing to give up your career as a budding <laughs> actress waiting tables to come and be on the boat. Well, I didn't really think I was giving up my career at the time. Um, and, and I think that that's pretty much what the story is about. I mean, if you will, it's an origin story <laughs> of me as a writer, because I'd written before in school, but I kind of, you know, let it that that was not a, a skill I was really developing. Um, so when I started working as an actress and doing certain things, I got cast in shows where we would actually kind of write the show and then put it on. So I enjoyed that and and improv and that sort of thing. And I had a very good friend who was a playwright, so we would work on his plays together. So I, I did always like writing. Um, but once I was in Baja and I was 3,000 miles away from New York City. And I was like, there's no auditions. There's no acting class. I could drive him crazy doing routines, which I occasionally did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mostly I had to figure out what am I going to do when I grow up? You know, what am I, what am I going to do with this life I have? And uh, so I, I needed to be creative. And so I started writing and that's how it all began. I want your opinion on something. Since you've okay. been an improvis improvis improvisational actor, uh -huh. and I am a firm believer, because I did that in my youth as well, I'm a firm believer that every child should go through an improvisational acting class and take some courses in that so that they can learn to stand up on their own two feet and to speak and to think clearly and to be able to articulate their thoughts in a meaningful way. Do you agree with that? 100%. And I think that in general, acting is one of the greatest things you can have your kid experience. Not only for all the reasons you've said, of which I totally agree with, and, and improv is also about being flexible and changing in a second. And life can make you change in a second. Life can change in a second, you know, as we all know. And you got to roll with that, you know. And it's how you deal with those changes that determines how people see you and value you and 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 you know what they think you're capable of. You know, everybody that's ever done a job interview knows that, right? But also you get to live inside someone else's skin. You get to walk in their shoes, literally be that character. And that teaches you a kind of empathy that I don't think any other art form does. So reading is a wonderful thing, of course, for kids to live a life of a character through reading. But being able to actually be that character and experience things that they went through uh, it changes you. It absolutely changes you. And I think it, it should be required reading, writing, re reciting. <laughs> we'll I, think I, of a word. I agree. Yeah, uh, I agree. Really. And because it doesn't matter what you choose to do in life. Mm -hmm. If you want to be in sales, yeah. if you want to be uh, a cashier at a Walmart, if that's your right. dream that right. you want to do, you'll become a much better cashier at Walmart if you have got the self-confidence to be able to speak clearly and yeah. to stand up for yourself and to, and to think on your feet. 
especially Absolutely. when that idiot comes up. You know, okay, I'll leave that there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that kids that get to do it, all of a sudden, they their world opens up. It's not that they're necessarily, as you say, going to be an actor. It doesn't matter what they're. It, they could end up in radio, right? They could rent, end up in politics. They could end up in local. You know, um, being in being able to be on a school board or talk to a school board or go to a town hall meeting and speak and not be afraid of that. I mean, we've all heard that thing of people would rather die than speak in public. I've right? never understood that. I've never understood that. <laughs> Neither of us do, obviously. <laughs> Neither of us do. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it is true for a lot of people it is the most scary thing in the in the in the world to yeah. speak in public and if you take trust me trust me if you take improvisational acting yep the, the, they that'll get out of your skin really quick absolutely or a comedy class doing stand up that's hard that's like dying is easy comedy's hard <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, uh, any of those are great experience because something else, you know, when people would say to Russell, you know, Jennifer doesn't know anything about sailing and your first trip is a thousand miles. I mean, is this crazy? Do you have you thought this through? And he said, you know, she's been an actor in New York for almost 10 years. What could be harder than that? <laughs> and, and in a sense, I think what he he meant, well, I mean, in a lot of ways, but rejection. You know, you know what it's like when you're auditioning or whether it's your voice or your face or your body, you walk in and they're like, no. And next, please. And they're not saying no to something that you did. They're saying no to you. Literally, you are not what I want. And and that kind of rejection is tough. And you learn to just say, that's OK. There's another day. There's another cast. There's another there's another project. Just you know, John, John Edward, who is the uh, famous psychic. And he, his daughter's an actress, and he's got a really cool way of approaching it with her. And she's like eight or nine or ten now, and she goes to auditions a lot and stuff. And for a ten-year-old little girl, it's real easy for them to assume mm. that you don't like me. I'm not good enough. You know? Right. And what he, Sad. yeah, it really is. And what he tells the people that that interview her, he says, "You call this an interview, not an audition." Because I'm interviewing you for the part, and you may not fit this particular part based upon what my mental thoughts are about this part, but it has nothing to do with you as a human being. And I thought that was pretty cool. And it really is true of every interview. You know, it's it's when we... It's when we put ourselves on the line and people say, thanks, but no thanks. That's very, um, you know, you're very vulnerable at that moment, whether it's acting or whatever. But you always have to think of it as this person already had an idea in their mind. And just because I'm not that idea, you have to be able to let go of that, especially as an actor, as I say, because otherwise you're saying, you know, I'm being rejected. And, and in fact, you're not. You're just fitting not fitting in that very slot that they had already imagined. Just as you say, it's a it's an interview. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, exactly. But see, now this has probably never happened to you. But because you're you're a pretty woman, and and so you've had guys, you know, come up to you all the time, and you're an actress, and and so forth. But the scariest, and I mean the absolute scariest moment of my life, was being a 15, 16 year old boy and seeing a pretty girl at the other side of the dance floor, and walking, and you didn't know her, 
and walking up to her to ask her to dance. There's nothing that is scarier than that. And that that is pure rejection when you, the, she looks you up and down and says, nah, I don't think so. Um, you know, I could never I could never understand how people could say no to someone in that situation. I always just felt like we were all out there scared to ask and scared to not to be asked or whatever. So, you know, I I I I can't imagine cutting somebody down in that situation. So, you know, if I'm standing there and the music's playing, let's dance. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a 15-year-old girl is not mature yet either. So, in <laughs> true in, in any event, we're talking with Jennifer Silva Redmond. She's written the book Honeymoon at Sea. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that and uh, also uh, some of the incidents that happened there. Um, like the time her husband got chased by a shark or two. And uh, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio. Yes, I said shark. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KIXI. We'll be right back. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. A naturaldesign.com at your fingertips today we believe in the power of telling your stories we want to help yours be seen and heard at the pacific northwest collaborative magazine our purpose is to connect you to your community let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine here you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service if your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we've got a tremendous guest for you today talking about something that I'm, I don't know, Jennifer, how, do you have any idea if you were to take the population of, 
I don't know, the United States or the world, how many people have lived on a boat with one person for 30 years and survived it and, and, and thrived <laughs> through it? You, you I have got to be a very rare breed. I'm glad you changed it from survived to thrived. That was very that was very diplomatic. <laughs> we we're very happy. Um, we certainly don't think of it as any kind of struggle. Um, and and I think you know we've all we've all seen apartments in, in New York City or or San Francisco that are. <laughs> they're tiny and you know the bathtubs in the kitchen and you know it's probably you know two thousand dollars a month now too so you know there's everything's a trade-off in life um so i think that if we weren't traveling a lot it becomes harder to live on a boat when you're just in a marina because then you're really just in a it's kind of a condominium on the water right you've got right. a neighbor just a few feet away from you, you look out your window and you're looking in their window <laughs> and you know, you're, it, it, it really, it's nice to be on a boat, but it, it doesn't have any of the fun of being on a boat and traveling on it. So we were really lucky in that first year. And of course, as you say, Russell, you know, plotted that all out, you know, take her to a beautiful spot and get her hooked. <laughs> first voyage is free. <laughs> well, and I met him the last time we talked and he yeah. is, he is a very, very nice man. He is a very nice man. Oh, we agree. So yes, absolutely. And I wouldn't be living with somebody all these years in such close quarters if he wasn't a very nice man. And I hope the opposite is true as well. We get along really well. We have a lot in common. And somebody said, you know, guys, you guys are together all the time. Aren't you sick of each other by the end of the day? And I said, no, because I'm in my world, I'm at my computer. I'm maybe teaching a class or I'm looking at a a webinar or a, or a podcast like yours. I'm doing things online. I'm writing, I'm editing, and he's on his online class. He's writing a novel. So he's busy doing those things. And it, it, happy hour comes along. Oh, hi, how you doing? How's your day been? <laughs> you know, good to see you. And um, so then, you know, we have dinner and watch a movie or something like that, or row into shore and take a walk on the beach. And, you know, it's not like we're, you know, talking together every minute of every day though some days we do <laughs> isn't days. technology wonderful it really is it really you can is go on a boat and and you can communicate with people uh and you can work and you can edit yes. and and do what you need to do and and continue to earn a living and mm -hmm. stuff like that. the freedom that we have it's that other people in previous generations didn't have is amazing it's true. And we've been very, we, we say this all the time, like we were so, um, this was so timed so well for us, you know, doing this at this time when, as you say, teaching online, teaching remotely, working remotely, um, things like Lyft and Uber, we don't need a car, you know, if we're in Seattle or someplace, you know, just call an Uber, call a Lyft car, you know, so many different things that you couldn't do before. And of course, people, you know, and your listeners know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that know about van life and RV life. And uh, I just met a gal today who lives in her van and she travels around and does different jobs and she just loves it. You know, she's always on the go. So there's so many different ways to live now, you know. That is the newest thing. And mm -hmm. um, and I, I interviewed a gentleman just the other day that they live in a 32-foot uh, 
a trailer and, and what it's a motorhome and uh they they have a couple of dogs and that's what they do and they are they're real happy doing that they have a little truck that they carry and that have in the back <laughs> that they can you know, but that is happening more and more even even just little vans yeah exactly yeah, on the on social media, you do hashtag van life and you'll see just so many people and they're tricking these things out. They look really great and they've got a side that lifts up or they've got a little veranda that they put out. And as you say, dogs, cats, kids, you know, the whole thing. Um, so it's and we ran into a lot of people with families on boats, um, little kids that are all, you know, now all grown up and got their own boats and doing their own things. And it was really great to see. A, a lot of families and there still are you know a lot of families out boating it's it's pretty cool lifestyle <laughs> i promised the audience that i would tell have you tell the story about the time your husband got chased by a shark <laughs> well we were in baja california um and we had been i had been learning about snorkeling i mean i'd snorkeled once or twice before but all of a sudden I was in Baja, California with all this really clear water and I had learned to look for scallops and clams. So we came into this really beautiful bay and my husband took his spear gun and he swam in one direction and I swam in another direction and I was swimming along. It was like being in this underwater, you know, Nemo world, everything's so beautiful. And I'm swimming along and there's no scallops, there's no clams. So I head back to the boat and I'm swimming along and I look down through this crystal clear water, white sand underneath me. And there's these two good sized sharks. And I want to say they were probably five feet, six feet long, not like jaws, but big. And they're swimming along together and they're swimming towards the boat as am I. And I'm swimming along. And then I hear Russell calling me. And I look up and he's at his hand out of the water with a spear fish with a, a fish that he's that he's speared that's dripping blood in the water and he's yelling look at the fish i caught and i'm going oh my goodness so i said shark you know and i'm swimming along trying to swim very calmly without disturbing the water because i don't want them to kind of notice me <laughs> and what i can't hear you he said oh man shark and nothing can't hear you shark I finally yell, you know, and he just got up and pretty much walked across the water and onto the boat. It was a miracle. And and I kept swimming slowly and they're swimming back towards me now like, OK, what happened to that guy? And <laughs> so I swam very calmly, as calmly as I could and as quickly as I could over the boat and got up on on deck. And, and uh, we were very glad to be on the boat at that moment. And um, but that was that was made for a very exciting um, afternoon the visitors <laughs> well you know when you think about it um the water's warm and yeah. and it's clear as a bell and you're and you're snorkeling and um and you there's fish all over the place and stuff it's so and beautiful did that in hawaii i just loved oh. just love going to hawaii and 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 doing that because the water was you know, yes. almost room temperature. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was just wonderful. And the wildlife oh. that you, that you see is just amazing. Yeah. And I got to swim with dolphins. Uh, we got to swim with seals, you know, they'd swim up and just kind of look at you like, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing in my bedroom? And, uh, you know, you swim around and, and they just kind of 
pop up and and we had whales come by the boat they would come by at night mostly when we were sleeping um and you hear that exhalation through the you know just whoosh and and wakes you up of course and you hear that puff of air and they're just they're just you know looking for dinner you know going back and forth and and every time it's like amazing and and the dolphins um the dolphins always come and jump in the bow of the boat you know um, along the the bow wake of the boat and just dance they they look like they're just having such a good time and every time it just kind of lifts your heart like what are they doing it's so great like they're coming to say hi because not very many of us have ever done anything like this and nor will we um i want you to explain because sometimes sometimes you would uh not anchor at night you would mm -hmm. you would go through the night and that meant that one of you had to steer and then you took turns and doing that but there was there were moments in that time when now keep in mind that there are no lights from the shore there is no city around there's no street lights it is black except for the stars and you can see everything explain what that experience is like well as you say you you can't see anything but starlight and if the moon hasn't come up you can see the constellations and in baja there's so little um, city light that once you're a little ways offshore, it's just that you can see constellations. We could see the Milky Way like we'd never seen it before. It's just so incredibly vivid. And so when Russell would go below and try and get a little sleep and I'm steering and there's no light except the light of the compass and it's just a little red glow. It says, you know, you're going south. <laughs> Keep it going south. And uh, every now and then you look around to make sure you don't see any lights of ships. But the first time I did it, I was so, it, it was like agoraphobia, you know, like that fear of openness, it, but it was mm. almost more like claustrophobia at the same time, because it was like all this blackness just sort of, you know, suffocating you. And I just kept thinking, oh, what if, what if there's a whale in front of us? What if there's a log? What if there's a reef? And I just got myself almost into a panic. And then I just started thinking, you know, most of the reefs have been charted. This area has been sailed for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's people come up and down all the time. And you just have to kind of trust in it. And I started feeling like I'm a part of this as much as that sounds kind of crazy. I, I didn't think I was as important as a star, but I was just one other little speck of being out there. And it just made me feel like, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be and this boat's where it's supposed to be. And, and the sun will come up again. And, and in fact, it did, Kevin. In fact, it did. Amazing. <laughs> no, spoiler alert. The, the, the sun came up and uh, and we made it to the, to the little speck of, island that was out there in the in the dark and in and we of course you know got in and anchored and you know we're very proud of ourselves but it, it we've done that many times since then and it never gets much easier i mean it it, it it's never going to be a blase moment like oh this again uh, for me um because i'm always you know it's it's uh, thrilling in a good and bad way if if that makes sense well, yeah, because you're not sure, even even though 
it's been it's been clear and there are lots of boats that have been there and the and the reefs are not there necessarily there if you're off course a little bit oh, yes. or if there's a whale that's that is just kind of lounging oh, yeah. about or or there's a log that came up the coast or something that can be but but i wanted to ask you when you were behind the wheel and the little red light and you looked up at the stars the sun had, or the moon hasn't come up yet did it give you a sense of wonder at how big the universe actually is an incredible sense that it it it's one of the few times that you can think of yourself as it's almost like being in space because you're surrounded by water, but you're surrounded by, you know, space and, and the night and this whole world is just, you know, spinning out there in space. And so even though you're sitting on the water, you're also sitting on the earth, the water sitting on the earth and the whole thing is floating in space. So it just gave me that sense of being this infinitesimal part of this, you know, in unfathomable, huge, amazing creation that is, you know, our galaxy and our solar system. And, and but beyond that, you know, this universe is everything that is out there. Um, yeah, it, it really put me in my place <laughs> in the best sense of the word. You know, there I was, you know, it's and and somehow through everything in my life had led me there. So it was a, a definite cosmic moment, as you say. Well, you know, I was just thinking as you were telling me that story and with the shark and stuff, I think maybe you should write a book about this. What do you think? <laughs> you know, that's a good idea. People have been telling me that for years. <laughs> you know, and you could call it, uh, I don't know, Honeymoon at Sea. How about that? That's a good idea. It's a good title, isn't it? <laughs> I've been very pleased that, that, uh, that people have been responding to it. I, I've been really thrilled. And um, I think pay, maybe all of those people who told me I should write a book all those years were right. But it took me being this, um, at this point in my life, to really know what I wanted to say and, and how it had to begin and end because I didn't want it to just be journal entries. We did this and then we did that. Um, I wanted it to have a, a shape and a purpose, if that's the right word, you know, have a reason for being. And um, I've been pleased to that the at least the first, you know, few weeks of people um, that have been responding have been responding uh, really well and loving it and enjoying taking the armchair voyage um, but maybe who knows? Maybe one of them will take off on a boat. Yeah, that that <laughs> that could happen. That it could, could happen. <laughs> Although most most people say, have you ever heard the the frame or the saying, "The two best days of my life were the day I bought my boat and then the day I sold my boat." Yes, that is very common. Um, and, and it and in fact, it is true for a lot of reasons, because you usually have to fix the boat up to sell it. And you, when you buy it, you just you don't know how much it needs fixing. So you're happy then. Um, another one cruisers say is cruising is just boat repair in exotic locations. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it helps if you are a diesel mechanic, and or and if you understand how the engines work. And yes, and Russell Russell had to take a class in outboard motor uh, maintenance, and when we when we had the first boat, had just an outboard motor, and so you know he would he would tinker with it, and we would sit there and try and figure out it, why it wouldn't wouldn't work one day or something. But most of the time, it worked really well, and um, you know the the diesel engine's a little bit more of an undertaking, but um it's 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 
it's been great. And it's, it is nice to have a, a little more long range for when we do have to motor. Um, but of course we try and sail when we can, because we're sailors. Of course. <laughs> of course. But, but when there's no wind and there's nothing there and you don't want to just sit there. So you do have to do what you got to do so and you have these things called currents around here oh boy that are really not to be underestimated <laughs> these currents and tides here in puget sound are crazy i mean they're they're really strong and you can be motoring forward and going backwards <laughs> you think <laughs> you think i should be going forward i'm going five knots but no you're going backwards at one knot um so yeah this has been a whole learning curve for us up here of course it's incredibly beautiful and, and quite wonderful so we're not complaining but it's a it definitely an, a learning curve uh, a little different than california so, yeah um, I, I had the same problem in hawaii i would be uh snorkeling and i would be uh, i don't know 100 <laughs> feet off of the the uh, beach and then right. i'm looking around at stuff and then i look up again and now i'm 200 feet from mm. the beach and now i start swimming back and then i'm still <laughs> 200 feet and then two ten. you know what i mean because oh yes the, the tides can be really sneaky uh and strong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in Baja, there's places where the beach will be, you know, um, up to some little palapa bar that's that's up on the beach. And then later in the day, it's 200 yards to that to the tide. You know, it's gone out so far that your boats, the little boats are just sitting on the beach, you know, abandoned by the water. <laughs> it's like you can you can have them sitting on their keels, which is not a good thing. Not a good look for a sailboat. No. No, no, it, it can hurt them. Uh, it and, does. And, it's not a good idea, but we, we we try and keep our eye on the tidal shifts and the in the various. Uh, as you say, technology is a good thing on a boat too. We've got the GPS now and things we didn't have on that first trip. Oh, that's pretty handy right there because you know exactly where you are. By the way, we're talking with Jennifer Silva Redmond. Get the book that's out. Been out a week. What's the matter with you? Why are you waiting? Hurry up. Uh, it's been out uh, since, I think, the 22nd, which is a Tuesday. And I got to ask you why all books are released on Tuesday for some reason. And uh, we need to take a quick break. And uh, her website, again, is honeymoonatsea.substack.com. Go there and you can get all the information. You can get the book there and stuff. So, uh, again, we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KIXI. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, 
at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week based on a 13-week commitment. And as our partner, we are vested in your success and will do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there. I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and, and I'm talking to Jennifer Silva Redmond. She's got the book out that's brand new it's called honeymoon at sea she spent 30 years 30 years at sea you know jennifer i just have to say that i'm so pleased that technology has got to where it is when i started this show in 2003 we would do the radio show and then they would give me a little cd and if somebody wanted to look at an interview they had to buy the cd or i had to send that to them and now it's it's on it's live on YouTube, live on Facebook and Twitter, and 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 Kixie's stuff as well, and also the podcast. So you, this interview is going to be heard and seen by people in years from now, um, because it's just amazing what what we can do with technology these days. And it you're really using- is. You're, you're using it. You're using it. Great. You got the GPS. You've got all the stuff so that you don't get lost. Speaking of which, have you in 30 years, have you ever felt threatened that the boat was going to sink or that um, there was going to be a major problem? You know, I think the, the toughest thing that I ever went through on the boat was just it, it when you're first on a boat 
when the seas get rough is you just don't have any sense of how much a boat wants to stay upright. You know, the boat has a keel, of course, but it also has a mast and it's balanced, you know? And so the first time I backwinded the sail, meaning the sail went the wrong way and the boat flipped all, you know, looked like it was going to put its mast in the water and everything. And I, you know, of course, freaked out. And Russell came up and said, it's okay. You know, the boat wants to stay upright. <laughs> this is what it's meant to do. It's designed to do this. And, um, you know, then when you get out in the sails, you know, are reduced because it's really windy or the sail, the seas are really rough. And you just think, oh, my gosh, you know, it's it's just this little thing out in this huge ocean. And it, it can feel a little bit scary, but it's just being there eventually you get used to it. You know, you get used to the boat going way over on the side and healing over and that sort of thing. And pretty soon you get used to it and you just start going, oh, okay, this is the way it is. You know, I mean, we were, we were in the boat last night at anchor and it was rolling because of these wakes that were coming in from the ferries. And so the ferries, you know, put a wake through the water and the boat was rolling and, and rocking. And, and it, you know, you just get used to it and you say, oh, okay, just think of it as a cradle. Think of it as just being rocked to sleep and just went back to sleep and you know you just have to kind of trust in it at a certain point um sorry that's not a very good storm story is it oh no i would cry like a baby if that were if 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 the if the mass if the thing was going over and the mass was getting next to the water i'd cry like a baby and uh but i believe that there were some tears shed at that moment only because i had no idea what i had done you know it made this big sound you know and everything like that and you know the boat's healing over but uh no russell was not worried um so that made me feel better you know it it really helps I don't think it would be smart at all for two people that didn't know anything about sailing. It, that were as ignorant as I was to go off sailing would be really crazy. But he'd been sailing a long time, so I knew that I was in good hands. And uh, we ended up, you know, we did do, as you say, we have all this technology now. But in those days, we had a sextant, and you had to use the sextant to, you know, take the sun down to the horizon and figure out what your your um, your position in the sea was by shooting the sun during the so it was just like sailors in, you know, 17, whatever, you know, out there shooting the sun and figuring out where they were going across the ocean when they didn't know what was on the other side of the ocean. So I can't cool. imagine that. That that to me is uh, that's just amazing to me. You're a brave woman. You know that. <laughs> well, at the time, it sounded it seemed pretty magical to us, too. Russell didn't like doing the part that involved a lot of mathematics. And I didn't like the part where you have to look through this tiny little thing at the ocean while it's moving. And that made me kind of nauseated. So we were a good team and it worked out. And we always found where we were supposed to be. But um, a funny story that you'll appreciate is the second time we left um, in leaving from San Diego, going down to Mexico on our small boat, um, which is not in this book, just for you. Um, we, we, yes, we got down to, uh, off of Ensenada and we had our sextant and we, you know, as we had used it before and it was fogged in and we couldn't see anything. And so we anchored the boat. Um, we actually pulled into a marina there and Russell took the bus up to, to West Marine and bought 
the handheld GPS <laughs> and brought it back down. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, from that point on, because we'd been, oh, we're we're not going to have a GPS. We're old fashioned, you know, we're you're purists, you know, we're sailors, you know. And, and so we went and got this handheld GPS. And uh, so that was kind of a funny story. We had to, you know, eat a little crow. Um, but we did, in fact, enjoy having that GPS. And, and now we have a, a, a real live GPS chart plotter and everything. And and we're very happy to have it. An AIS and radar and, you know, because um, as Russell says, when you put all your eggs in one basket, watch that basket. <laughs> There's a bumper sticker right there. I believe so. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really good. And, you know, the other thing that, uh, and we don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to touch on it, is that you had a refrigerator because you had um, a... Uh, uh, ice chest with a big block a, of ice. Yes. Yep. And so you're eating and when you're on a trip and you're going to be out for a week or two, you have to change the, the, how you buy stuff yep. and when you have to use things by. Right. And exactly. it becomes kind of an art form. It does. Definitely. When we were on the first trip that I wrote about, we would get a big chunk of ice. I mean, it was a big chunk, you know, foot by a two feet or chunk of ice. And it was in an ice box, you know, like people's great, great grandparents had, you know, an ice box. But then there was no room for the food. <laughs> so, you know, I put like a piece of cheese or a piece of meat or, you know, something in there. But as it now we have a refrigerator, but I remember you were very shocked to hear that we didn't have ice cubes because we don't have a freezer. And and so we don't have ice cubes, but we do have cold. So I just have to figure out which things are going to go first. <laughs> so we put, oh, today we're having pork chops because I got those last week. <laughs> it's time to eat them. Um, so, yeah. And it seems to a me that uh, we because you didn't have ice cubes, uh, if you go to positivetalkradio.net, you can look at that episode. And we ended up talking about uh, bourbon. bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot about, um, yes, the, the three of us were, were were definitely ready for happy hour by the time that show was over. I have no idea what started it, but uh, bourbon was pretty much the topic of the hour. So we have, uh, um, when we first took off, funny enough, Russell drank beer and I wasn't really a beer person. And I had a bottle of scotch and he tasted it and said, that tastes like gasoline. And I was like, good, he won't drink my scotch. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't work. He he developed a taste for it, darn it. And I developed a taste for beer, which is even worse. So now we, uh, but the, this is why the honeymoon continues because we're always learning something from the other person and we're always uh, grow, growing and evolving and developing new, new, uh, new obsessions. <laughs> Well, I, I think the world of you, I think the the book is going to do extraordinarily well uh, because it's so unique, your story, uh, being able to, and even when you're in town, you're on a boat and stuff. So it's it really is a cool thing. Jennifer uh, Silver Redmond has been our guest. Honeymoon at Sea is the name of the book. Go to honeymoonatsea.substack.com. Now, we've just got a couple of moments. Go ahead. I'm going to be at the point. Port Townsend Library on October 4th at 7 p.m. in Port Townsend at the library at 7 p.m. on October 4th. So if anybody's listening to this from Port Townsend, please come out and say hi and watch the slideshow of pictures of Baja and meet Russell and myself. Awesome. That, that, so that's Port Townsend. That's a library in Port Townsend. 
Are exactly. The bookstore or the library? No, no. The library in Port Townsend in the Carnegie Reading Room at the Port Townsend Library on October 4th at 7 p.m. Very good. I hope everybody can attend. We've just got a couple of moments, got about 45 seconds. I want you to take the time to be able to tell our audience anything that you'd like them to know. Oh, you can take a step today towards your dream, whatever it is. And if not today, then tomorrow, because you don't know what that ultimate dream is, where it's going to lead you. So it might be stepping on a boat or it might be writing today's journal entry. It could lead you somewhere very exciting as it did me. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you very much. And like I, like I said in one of the commercials, thank you for being in my dream. And thank you for being in my dream. I really, really appreciate you being here. Um, uh, Jennifer Silva Redmond, go to her website, honeymoonatsea.substack.com, or go to Port Townsend on the 4th at 7 o'clock and see her at the library. Uh, it'll be a very interesting thing. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll see everybody back on Monday on KKNW. And by the way, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>